today on CityCast Denver. There are so many people experiencing homelessness in our city right now, more than ever before. Our shelter system is overloaded and encampments keep getting swept by the city. In fact, trying to find safe, warm shelter in Denver is pushing folks 25 miles out of the city, all the way to DIA. As investigative reporter Jeremy Hahola finds, some people refuse to leave, causing an endless cycle of arrests and cases going nowhere. Jeremy Hahola and Zach Newman are reporters with Nine News. And earlier this week, they broke the story about this new shift in our housing crisis. Today is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. I dig the May 1976 <laughs> calendar behind you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What is that about? Oh, it's this old calendar I found in my mother-in-law's basement. Um, it's uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings art. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Already a big fan. Well, Jeremy Kohola and Zach Newman, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's always great to be on here. Yeah, thanks so much for having us back. So, Jeremy, I, I want to start kind of at the beginning of this story. Can you explain exactly what's going on at the airport right now? So what we can see at the airport is that there has been an increase in the number of homeless contacts with police and people experiencing homelessness at DIA over the last several years. We can see that the, this number has tripled since 2018, and that's really right around the time the A-line, uh, the train to the plane started. All the people I spoke to uh, at DIA who are experiencing homelessness, they all told me that they do hop on the train. They don't pay the fare. They get on, uh, and sometimes they get checked, sometimes they don't, but they make their way uh, from, sometimes from Union Station, all the way to the airport. And a lot of them are just seeking some refuge, right? They're looking to use yeah. the bathrooms, they're looking for warmth, they're looking to charge their phone, and there's Wi-Fi at the airport. And a lot of a lot of people who are in this situation told me they can blend in and they don't get harassed much there mm. at DIA. And so it's, you know, the airport is is one of those places where it's a public space. You know, you can blend in. Uh, there's amenities there that people can use. But what's what's also, uh, you know, interesting about the airport, it's 25 miles away from the city's core. So I think it's quite the testament of where yeah. we are when the city is facing its struggles with trying to mitigate homelessness in the metro area. But it makes a lot of sense to me when you just lay it out. It's all the things that we as housed folks uh, use every day, right? Warmth, shelter, Wi-Fi, charging our phones. And also you kind of touch on this public space aspect, which is so interesting to me because we just don't have a ton of that left, really. And if you have to go all the way to the airport to get it, so be it. And um, I think that, you know, it really begs the question of like, how are you identifying who is or isn't homeless because of what Jeremy has been finding of folks yeah. who are who are um, blending in. It's hard to, if someone is, you know, has a red eye, needs to try to catch some sleep and doesn't want to go get a hotel, looks very similar to someone who's trying to um, get off the street. The thing that stands out and the way that we started going down this path is if you look at the arrest data at the airport, one of the, the third largest category is trespassing. 
And so it's a weird quirk because it's like, hey, this is a public space. How can you be trespassing there? That was something I wanted to ask about because I thought, how do we how do we decide who's trespassing in a public space? Because I've been to the airport. I've slept on the floor waiting for a flight or a layover. How are they deciding who's trespassing? Ian, I, I've talked to, you know, friends who work in the legal uh, field about this. And all of them have told me, you know, airports are weird areas, right? Mm. They're managed by local municipalities. But a lot of times they're also overseen by the federal government. Uh, And there's a lot of intersecting agencies that crisscross over airport operations. Technically, it is a public place, right? It is managed by public bodies. There's signs around the airport that actually say, if you don't have business at the airport, Mm. you are technically trespassing and I can share you share with you some of those signs I, I've never noticed them until we started you know going to the airport and doing the story and from what I understand is that there there is the ability for the city to issue what's called area restrictions at DIA but it's it's a weird area and it's 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 a good interesting legal question but it's clear police uh, have been using the court issued area restrictions to uh, arrest people for trespassing who've been out there numerous times. When you all were out at the airport, Jeremy, you spoke with a man you refer to as Sam, who had been arrested 17 times. Tell me about Sam. So he, he is a, I I spoke with him off camera. I met him uh, face to face and we had uh, long conversations about his situation he became homeless, uh, or he started experiencing homelessness about seven years ago. He had some issues with his immigration papers, and uh, it's just been a cascade of events. Um, he's told me that he's tried to hold jobs in the past, and for example, he was caught because he doesn't have a house. He was caught sleeping uh, in a stairwell at work. Uh, a few days after he was employed, and he ended up getting fired. So this is a, you know, this is just one man's story where when you are in a state of chronic homelessness, you have so many obstacles working against you when you are unhoused, because if you don't have stable housing, how can you figure yourself out to, you know, keep a job, to go to work, to find a place to sleep? It's, you know, it's a really, really sad story. Really sad story, and he's just one man of many out there. This episode of CityCast Denver is sponsored by the Denver Jewish Film Festival, which is awesome because I went to preschool at the Jewish Community Center, and now I've got another good reason to go back. Starting February 14th, the JCC Mizell Arts and Culture Center is hosting the 26th annual Jewish Film Festival. Enjoy both virtual and in-person screenings of 34 full-length and short films from Jewish and Israeli filmmakers representing more than a dozen countries across the world. Their films explore themes of friendship, hardship, and love, and the fest is proud to showcase the work of 14 women filmmakers. Catch this year's Jewish Film Festival in person or online from February 14th through the 22nd, or binge watch the whole thing online from February 23rd through March 1st. Find out more at jccdenver.org forward slash film. It's not where I learned how to swim, though. I learned at Celebrity Sports Center, but I did go swimming at JCC a lot. 
I know that Union Station sort of plays a part in this conversation because particularly the A-line, right, runs from Union Station to the airport. And there's been a lot of talk about what's going on at Union Station right now, very similar issues, um, people experiencing homelessness, uh, using the space for shelter. Again, it's one of those weird semi-public space situations. Can either of you talk to uh, the connections there between DIA and Union Station and this issue? What... I've been told by people who advocate for the homeless in Denver is that when they shut down Civic Center Park and they closed that off, a lot of people began congregating at Union Station. And a lot of the homeless advocacy groups that we spoke to, they blame the city's sweeps for pushing people out from the core to areas like the airport. The city pushes back against that assertion, saying that this is a trend that is being seen at airports across the country. But a lot of people do feel that the city's efforts to move people from spot to spot to spot is pushing them away because of the camping ban. And yeah, and I think the thing that stands out the most from the numbers is that there are 30 people who have been arrested repeatedly for trespassing at DIA. So that shows that there is this um, this cycle that you can't arrest your way out of and that it just makes you wonder what other strategy could be used because arresting isn't working if folks continue to go out there either way and they, they obviously need help. And I know that you all talked to Kathy Alderman at uh, Colorado Coalition for the Homeless who basically told you the same thing. This is not working. Um, did you hear from her or any city officials or service providers about other ideas or ways that we could address this situation other than just arresting people? So the answer that is now being put forth by, you know, advocates for the homeless like Kathy Alderman is housing. Get housing. Yeah. Get affordable housing. I asked her, I said, you know, this... You know, during an interview, I said, you know, there's really no simple solution to this. And she kind of a little bit, she paused me a little bit and she says, yes, there is. It's actually housing. Mm-hmm. But if, if you look at the efforts that are being made by the city, they're noble efforts. The city has been trying the Housing First program where you get someone who's experiencing chronic homelessness, you get them housing first, then you get them treatment because the house is the stabilizer, right? You need someone staying in a house. And and an independent study has shown that Denver's Housing First program is cheaper than the cycle of jail and hospital stays over and over again. But when you have so many people who need this service, but only hundreds of people into the program, it's making a dent, but it's not making a dent in a way where it's mitigating the number of people experiencing homelessness. We've seen a huge uptick in the number of people living on the streets now because of a lack of affordable housing and COVID impacts, like job loss and stagnant wages. Do you think that we'll see changes at the airport or or what do you think from what you've learned might be something that we need out at the airport? Uh, The city really doesn't want to talk about this. And they've They've been doing their darndest to avoid talking to us about it. And so I think the change that would at first is the willingness to more robustly talk about it. And they, you know, we had, we did speak with the city attorney, which we appreciate, but having a, a someone who's leading these efforts with a focus on homelessness would be helpful to engage about that. But hopefully there's more services that are brought closer to the airport more often. I mean, the last thing that I wanted to happen is... Uh, and something that I was I'm I worry about is that the story isn't 
you know, you can't address an issue unless you know about it. So I'm glad that we know about it, but I don't want uh, people who are who are just trying to get by all of a sudden focused on and pushed out from there as well. Yeah, like yeah. seeing a rise in arrests versus meeting people where they are. Yeah, I think covering... The, the hard part about covering homelessness is like trying to solve it in a way, right? It is so hard to put into simple terms the crisis that we're experiencing with homelessness. It's a complex problem, and when you reduce it down to simple terms, it kind of does a little bit of a disservice on what you're trying to, you know, uh, give out in a mass message, in a report. Uh, but I do think people are concerned that, you know, the, the homeless crisis in Denver continues to spiral out of control. We're seeing these conflicts that are going on uh, all over the metro area between people living on the street and people who do not want tents on their front stoops and on their front porches. It's one of those things that I think people want to talk about. But it can also lead to polarizing debates, right? And you, and you see, you see this happening. Uh, I remember I did a story um, at the Denver Public Library, where you saw this same um, activity happen. And I, I've learned a lot from my reporting since then on how to change my phrases when I'm reporting on homelessness in Denver. And I some, sometimes I still catch myself, uh, you know, saying phrases that that diminish people. But I, I think the, the the right way to approach this is to approach it with a sense of humanity and to uh, approach it in a way where you're not demonizing people experiencing homelessness because you don't know exactly what they're going through and you don't want to um, cause more harm to them. Jeremy and Zach, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing a little bit more of the backstory on your reporting. Definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us, Bree. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. Speaking of the airport, Denver's own Frontier Airlines announced plans to merge with another big discount airline, Spirit. Together, Frontier and Spirit would be the country's fifth largest airline, which has prompted some concern in Washington, where President Biden says he wants to see more airline competition, not less. Frontier CEO Barry Biffle isn't worried, though. He told the Denver Business Journal this week that with this deal, everyone wins. Consumers win, employees win, our shareholders win, and the environment wins. The environment, Barry? Are you sure? Also, earlier this week, Denver City Council approved an additional $3.9 million to establish more sanctioned camping sites across the city. The money will fund the Colorado Village Collaborative, which plans to operate four sites and serve as many as 370 people this year. Oh, and we're still collecting your Denver love stories. Send us an email at denver at citycast.fm or give us a call at 720-500-5418 and tell us about that special person, place, or pet. We're loving the stories we're hearing so far, so keep them coming. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Frontiers. CEO Barry Biffle. <laughs>
Frontier CEO Barry Biffle isn't worried, though. He told... <laughs> Sorry, Barry. <laughs> now I just want to say Barry Biffle in as many different ways as I possibly can. 